Welcome back to another episode of Backlash Podcast. I'm Jeff with Team Rhino Outdoors. If you want some more information on this company, check out TeamRhinoOutdoors.com. My co-host tonight is Brad Hoppy with Muskie Mayhem Tackle. If you want to find out more about his company and his wife Carrie's company, MuskieMayhemTackle.com is where you want to check out. Our guest tonight, fresh off 10,000 subscribers on YouTube, is Ross Provost from Burning Nates. Ross, how you doing tonight? Great. Great. How are you guys? We're both doing good, I think. Yeah, we're on... Uh, we're on uh, podcast overload tonight, Brad. Decided that, hey, doing them at the last second isn't probably the best thing, so we decided to do two of them tonight. So, Staying busy. Yeah, we're already primed up. We're ready for another good one tonight. All right, cool. All right, Ross. Uh, typically, we start out with background on guys, so that way the listeners kind of have an idea who we're talking to and wh- where they came from. Why don't you talk a little bit about uh, your background into musky fishing? But not only that, let, let's talk about your back your background with getting burning eights started burning eights is obviously it's a musky based youtube program and you know you guys have obviously done something right because to hit 10,000 subscribers on youtube isn't it isn't easy as i know i mean we're we're just barely over 4,000 right now i've been working at it for two years you know on the team rhino outdoor side but let's talk about that let's talk about what got you to 10,000 subscribers let's talk about the work that gets into it the editing process let's kind of break it break it all down tonight but let's start with the beginning. What got you into musky fishing, and what got you into starting burning eights? Sure, sounds good. Um, well, I guess first of all, I thank you guys for having me on the show and giving me the opportunity to come on here. So I appreciate that. As far as what got me into musky fishing, I mean that was basically goes back to family. I mean my my dad and my grandpa, they did it. You know, when I was young, I used to just sit in the boat with them. I mean, you know, five six years old or whatever it was, they were casting. I mean, they they didn't know a ton about it back then and i just sit in the boat and i see big fish coming into the net and it's like that's that's cool i mean that got me excited and then i think around i want to say like age 12 i think is when i officially started casting and so i go out with my dad and my grandpa we take one week up in northern wisconsin up in violas county do some fishing up there and i think i'd have to say what actually got me hooked on it was my first follow and when i saw that big a fish follow my bait to the boat and turn on it once i mean that was enough it, it hooked me and then on it kind of just became i couldn't wait to get back up north every year just to you know take that week of musky fishing and that kind of basically transitioned into i mean you know through high school i i met well two of the guys that are highly involved in burning eights which is two brothers jake and alex tappy and I, I went to school with alex he was he was my same age and same grade and then i got to know jake through alex basically just hanging around alex and those brothers would hang out and after high school i happened to see jake posted a picture on facebook said he got he's got his boat ready for for open water and i saw that and i thought what if he ever wants to musky fish so i just sent him a message i said hey if you ever you ever want to go musky fishing you know just let me know and he actually he replied back he's like i actually bought two rods today and he had never, like, he had never musky fished. I mean, so it was something, it would have been something totally new for him. So, like, that summer, we just started fishing northern Wisconsin. And then that would have been about, I want to say, 2015, 2014, I think that was. And then 2015, we started doing a little bit more of it. And then towards the fall, I think it was actually August, we caught, like, two, or Jay caught two really nice fish. Awesome fights, and we're looking at each other, and we're like, why aren't we filming this? 
And that kind of steps back to they, I mean, I've, I've always been interested in filming and you know, since high school, they knew, you know, I enjoyed, you know, I, I'd go out with like my friends, go mudding, off-roading, whatever you want to call it. And I'd film the, 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 the adventures and then put a little short video together. So Jake and Alice knew I did that. And they were always after me to, you know, well, we need a cameraman for in the tree stand or whatever it was. And I was just too busy at the time. But I started playing around with editing, like, towards the end of high school. That's basically how I, I got into the, as far as, like, making, you know, videos. It was pretty basic at first. Started just doing family stuff. And, like I said, those off-road adventures, it, it transitioned into Dick and I filming together for musky fishing. They wanted a cameraman for the tree stand, but we started musky fishing. And one, one camera in the back of his 14-foot aluminum boat was a Hero 3 black and we started capturing some cool things and we're like this i mean we had some boat side hits and i started just i mean it was like literally three minute videos i'd put together of just our, you know a little musky fishing trip just to watch it back and we're like watching these and it's kind of fun to see you know what actually happens the moment a musky hits or i mean because you know it's always different than that's one thing i re we realized once we started filming it's always different than what you what what you always think happens a lot of the times so i mean between that that was like the first go around of just playing around with videos putting them together and then we kind of looked at each other and we said is there is there more to this i mean can we can we take it to youtube so that summer then like 2016 we actually added another camera and um we were fishing one day it was an active morning but we had i think raised like four and one was one was a very big fish we got one to finally try eating on the like the second turn. So we had raised four, and this this one that tried eating was just low and slow behind it. And I think Jake or I don't know if it was Jake or I, but one of us sped it up real fast, going into the eight, and that thing came like unglued and tried eating on that first turn. So we looked at each other and said something about, and Jake said something like, "Man, it's if we burn these eights, it seems like they're you know getting getting more getting more activity out of them." And we. Did it, I think, a couple more times on fish the, other, the rest of the day. And still, you could tell they're getting more excited. And that's where the term burning eights comes from. So just talking amongst ourselves, we started using the term. And then later that summer, we decided, let's try YouTube. Well, what are we going to call it? And Jake said, how do we call it burning eights? That's, uh, that's kind of the initial beginning starts of you know, how burning eights started and where, where it came from. And I guess that's how we got to where we are now so so basically what i got out of that is you you ruined jake's life is pretty much the way i took out of that <laughs> um, yeah well he's yeah he's hooked now i mean there's no there's no stopping him from chasing big fish i mean i pretty much got that out of that because it sounds like you were the one that pushed him over the edge into muskies and therefore any future psychological problems it, it's all going to fall back on you yeah i mean he he was he's he was a hardcore bow hunter you know, did some fishing, and then uh, he realized what it was like to hook into a, a big fish and watch him eat boat side, and it was, I mean, we couldn't stop going. I mean, weekend came, weekend rolled around, we were gone. I mean, there was no second thoughts, you know, so. One thing I didn't we didn't mention is, so for guys that want to check out your YouTube, your Instagram, your Facebook, you want to go through all that stuff too quick? Sure, yeah. Well, our YouTube is uh, Burning Nates. That's uh, where you can find us there. That's our channel name. 
And then Facebook, we also have a Facebook page, Tell Burninates, and then Instagram is at Burninates. I mean, the social media side of things, Instagram is kind of where it's at for us. I mean, we're, we're active on all all the platforms, but um, Instagram is kind of like the most easy as far as connecting with us and sending direct messages if you guys want to get a hold of us. So that's where you can find us. Well, it also seems like on Instagram you have less of the political posts and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty much just people putting up pictures and, you know, not a lot of that sharing this and that and drama type stuff so exactly what i was gonna say yep yep that's true all right well let's um let's shift gears and talk about let's get kind of into it now a little bit so for camera type everybody knows it seems like everybody's got a, fa- or a youtube channel these days and more and more stuff's popping up what are you guys running currently for for cameras and how many total how many total are you running in your boat now so in jake's boat we have we upped it this year for this last season here was seven cam- seven camera angles. We ran five the previous year, but we were just, you always wanted better boat side action. So we added two more for boat side. I started using GoPros, like I said, back initially when Jake and I started filming. And that's kind of what I've stuck with. I mean, that's what I've stuck with the whole time. So right now, between the seven cameras, we're running three different, three different era of GoPros, if you want to call it that. So we got Hero 4s, Hero 5s, and then Hero 7s. Basically, I mean, Hero 4 is kind of what we, we've used primarily, and we've now just started transitioning to the 7s, which, to me, the Hero 4s have been pretty flawless, I mean, as far as how they work, and they've been extremely reliable. But, uh, I mean, those are getting pretty old as far as when those were released now. But, uh, we, you know, I, I, I just kept using them because the picture quality is still top-notch, and they don't they don't fail so far. So, I mean... But then I did, we did up, we did buy some Hero 5s. To me, were not quite, I mean, they were supposedly an upgrade from the 4s, but I don't think they truly were. The Hero 7s, from my, from my experience, we used them one season so far, but those seem legit. I mean, those are, so far, those are the real deal. And they're, they have stepped up from the Hero 4s for sure. And you get, I mean, it's great picture quality. I would say they're a definite upgrade, and we'll be implementing more of them, if not the eights coming, the hero eights coming up soon here. See, and I've I've had quite a few issues with my uh, hero seven. I I don't know why, but I feel like it's just little stuff, continually little stuff like overheating issues and things like that. Have you seen any of that? I ha- I haven't actually. We have two hero sevens that we've ran since it would have been since the opener in may and i have one yet to fail on me i shouldn't say it knock on wood we got a few weeks left of musky season but yeah i mean so far they've been working extremely well for us well that, that's good news because i my experience has been kind of bad that's why mm-hmm. i was curious that's what i was gonna say i'm i'm more along the lines of brad i actually was running four hero sevens they ran fl- like i think i ran three last year Maybe it was only two because it came. The, typically, GoPros come out with new products in late September, early October, and yep. that's when they. I mean, because they, they just announced the Hero Eights now, and I ran two of them last fall, and they ran. They they worked flawlessly. Then I bought two additional ones over the winter, and then they came out with a new update, and I updated all my cameras, and then I started filming in May, and I I ended up scrapping them because I had too many issues with file problems and. You know, I would I would stop recording and it would say, oh, repairing file. So and everything, you know, SD card wise, I'm using is, you know, GoPro approved stuff. 
So I had too many issues. I ended up scrapping. I got rid of all my Hero 7s. I didn't get rid of them. I took them off the boat hoping that they'll come out with another upgrade. upgrade. And they did recently, but I, I still have some issues with it. And then I ended up going to like the DJI Osmo Action cameras because they're not as good. I'll tell you flat out, they're not as good as a Hero 7, but they just work. And that was the good thing for me. Because those Hero 7 cameras, if you can get them to work perfectly, they're amazing. The stabilization is unbelievable. And... The one thing I don't like, the, the the stabilization on the Osmo Action, I would say, is probably just as good. But the only thing it does is it crops the, the it crops the, um, the, the, the size, the whatever, the view down. It crops it down like 10%. And the, the beauty of a GoPro is how wide of an angle that you get. It captures a lot more action that way. And you'd be surprised how much you miss that 10%. And that's the only thing I don't like about them. So I'm hopeful that maybe I'm going to probably pick up an, a hero eight and see how they are. Cause it's a far better camera. It's, I mean, picture quality wise, it's not, but that cropping in 10% really is a bigger deal. than I would have thought And the audio on the Osmo actions isn't nearly as good as the, as the hero sevens. Huh, that's yeah, that's interesting. I mean, we've, I, I, I logged a lot of hours this year on the sevens and I mean, I would, I was planning on buying more just because of the fact that they had worked well and it, it seemed like we had found a reliable camera again since the fours. Right. From my perspective, at least. Well, maybe how big of a memory card are you guys running in yours? If you don't mind me asking. We, we run, so I'm a little different than some people out there, but like, I know a lot of people like the looping features on GoPro, but I run 128s, 128 gigabytes. So, but that's primarily because of just trying to capture, I mean, I'm, I'm deleting throughout the day. But I, you know, trying to capture different B-roll things, if you, I mean, different B-roll segments where, I mean, I can, I don't have to worry about, I mean, basically on a Hero 7, you're going to get like seven hours of footage on, or seven and a half plus on a SD card of 128. And that's always kind of, I prefer the bigger ones just because I'd, I've had and heard bad experiences with looping where you forget to stop and you lose that outside hit or whatever it is. And for me, running, seven different camera angles it's just easier just to stop cameras and then pick up again where i left off and you know delete files here or there where i need some so i i agree 100 that's the same thing i do that's that's why i wasn't sure if maybe you were running like 32 gig cards and brad and i were running 128s and that's why we were having issues or not but hopefully oh, yeah. have you done any of the later updates to them or are they still like original updates fresh out of the package there, i don't you know i don't think i actually trying to think i think i did one update because i bought those I bought one because I was using the trade up program as I was trading in some of our old cameras. And I want to say I bought one in March and the other in April, I think it was. So they're, that's when they were bought, but I don't know if that coincides with anything when, when you've bought any years. So. Yeah. Like I said, I, I jumped in on the hero seven right away. Cause once I saw the, the stabilization on them, I was like, yeah, I got to get that, especially for what we do. Right. You know, we're not extreme mountain biking sports, but you're still moving around enough. And then, so I got one right away and then I got a couple, I got another one shortly after. And those, like I said, those work great. I was like, all right, this is the camera. This thing's unbelievable. It worked great. It worked perfect. And then I did the updates in over the winter and then I started using them again in May and I, it was pretty much nothing but problems. And I'm like, yeah, I can't have this. I mean, if you're losing files, that's no, that's no good. I mean, that's the worst feeling in the world. A hundred percent. If you're trying to fill it. Yeah. I literally just had that over the weekend. We just put out a new video and I had all sorts. I mean, cause we run, I don't, I don't run seven cameras, but I think we run four plus a head camera all the time. 
and I literally had all the standing still cameras. I don't know what happened to the footage. I don't know if I just didn't download it or if I downloaded it to a different file or what I did because it was all there. I watched it all back. We had cool both side hits and everything, and it was awesome, but, oh, brother, it was bad. That hurts, yes. Yeah, well, especially because you know how hard it is, how, how hard you work to get that footage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you know, fishless days. I mean, you can go through a fishless day or days or, you know, you could probably go through a fishless week if you're, you know, if, if it's really bad, mm-hmm. but you know how it is. Yep. I'm sure you guys have weekends where you, because based on what, what it sounds like, you guys are still working full-time jobs. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. So all of us are still working 40 plus hours a week and, I mean... Between, yeah, between that, that leaves us weekends. I mean, Jake, he's a little different um, as far as his schedule. So a lot of times he's got Fridays off. But um, so he's half the time he's beat me to the water, which is a little nerve wracking. It's, it's nerve wracking because I want to be there with him, you know, but he's usually sending me a Snapchat of a big fish swimming away or whatever. But he's usually got cameras rolling. So that, that works. At least he, he he's capturing some cool stuff while he's fishing still solo. So yeah, without a doubt. So let's talk a little bit about Brad. Brad, you wanted to bring up Bullet Hits Boat, right? I do. I think you know that's how I found Burning Eights um, originally, and uh, I think that's kind of a hot topic, really. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a hot video for us that turned out. I mean, from a, I mean, just a musky fishing trip on the weekend. It was we were fishing a river, and it was would have been opening weekend of bow hunting i would i would say here yeah i think it was that weekend and it was we were basically we were fishing shoreline and we saw a guy walk up there with uh i mean he had a he had a gun which is no big deal i, I mean just figured it was a guy squirrel hunting because it looked like a 22 and we kept fishing down the shoreline and you could see him walking through the woods on this island every once in a while and for some reason I mean, next thing you know you hear well, I heard one, we heard one gunshot, so, you know, Jake and me, we looked at each other, and we said, well, it sounds like a 22. And then it wasn't, like, three seconds later. I don't, I don't know how long it was, but it seemed like right after, you hear another shot, and next thing you know, the bullet's ricocheting off the front of the boat, right, basically by Jake's feet. That was, that was a wake-up call. I mean, as far as, that was a close call. And it basically, I mean, in the moment, I mean, the guy never showed his face, you know, he, he responded back to us once, said he shot the tree as Jake's trying to tell him, no, you hit my boat. But, um, yeah, I mean, we uh, tried to get the guy to come over, you know. But then the, the whole problem, too, is, I mean, this guy's got a gun. We don't. Like, what is he actually, is he, did he just miss his target? Or is he, was there something more to it that we don't know about that he, you know, was he trying to hit us? You don't know. So, I mean, we took off, obviously. We got out of there. And after we did, it was like, holy cow, cameras were running constant. I'm pretty sure we just captured something pretty crazy. So, I mean, we talked, you know, we said, there's a, I mean, first of all, there's a video that we can make a public statement about, which you got to be responsible for running a firearm. And I'm, I'm, I I love guns and everything and everything, you know, everything that goes with them, but it's, it's just the responsibility that comes with it. And we kind of want to get that out there that be careful, know your target and beyond. And that's why we put the video out. And from there, it was, I would say three months after we released it, it was, uh, it would have been like the first week in December. All of a sudden I woke up one morning and my phone had literally blown up as far as from comments and subscribers and whatnot. And I'm like, what's going on? It was like a Saturday morning. I went down, looked at my computer and we were getting like 10,000 views per hour on this video. And I'm like, wow, I guess this just went viral. 
and it was a, it was a pretty crazy ride from there. But yeah, it's it was quite the experience. I'll say that. So it definitely wasn't your first video. No, no, that was started releasing videos in April of 2017, and that happened. I want to say yeah, that must that must have happened September of 2017, and we okay. put that out at the end of September of 2017. So very cool. Wow, what a crazy experience for sure. Can we? I'd like to shift back. I mean, you're talking about guns. We might as well go there. Sure. I'm curious. You were talking about filming some bow hunting and stuff. Is that something in the future, or is that is that kind of been killed by the muskie? No, we still. Um, Jake and Alex and we got two other guys that we film with too. Joe and Sam Beaver, they're two other brothers. And between um, Alex and Jake and then Joe and Sam, the bow hunts are alive and well. I mean, we we didn't, we kind of struck out last year. I mean, we, we have a number of bow hunts and also rifle hunts on our YouTube channel. Last year, we struck out um, as far as like Jake and Alex, as far as getting fish or um, as far as getting bucks down on film. Joe and Sam were out in North Dakota. They had a pretty hep- epic hunt out there basically shooting two two big bucks within five minutes of each other sitting in the same stand so that was pretty cool but i mean hunting is definitely another avenue that we're pursuing as far as turkey hunting bow hunting and rifle hunting so okay is, and that's available still on burning nates as well or is there a different name nope that'd be on burning nates yep so we basically transition the end of october Middle to end of October is when we transition out of bow hunts. So, so you guys roughly have a couple, three weeks, four weeks left of muskie season. Is that pretty much it for you guys? Yeah, actually, well, we would be probably fishing this weekend, but my sister's getting married, so I'm gonna take a. I I figured I'd better at least take this weekend off of muskie fishing, <laughs> but then yeah, next weekend will most likely be our last one for muskie fishing. Then we'll transition to trying to film some bow hunts. So, well, depending on what the weather does. Mother Nature is going to shut you down probably pretty not too long after anyways, usually. True. I mean, it can be. depends on, because you guys are typically where, northern Wisconsin, Minnesota. Is that where you guys fish mostly? Yeah, I would say, you know, I, I would consider, I guess, our home waters, northern Wisconsin. I mean, the, we're from we're from central Wisconsin. Has there, has, in, the, in the past, is there a favorite video that you have that you shot, favorite trip you took that you filmed? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of. I would say I I think about it. It's kind of, I'm kind of torn between. There was a we had a trip down to Madison when uh, we actually filmed against or we fit we fished and we had a, it was basically a friendly friendly competition. One of the first muskie battles we did. It wasn't the official muskie battle yet. We were kind of just testing things out, and we went down to Madison and fished against Jay Zanger and uh, just keep casting two other YouTube channels, and we had a pretty epic day that day. I mean, we caught we caught four fish. And we'd never fished down in Madison before. I mean, it was totally, totally new water to us. And I think we, so we caught four, lost eight, and I want to say like raised 10 others. I mean, it was insane. Just a crazy day. And the way that video just worked out was, it was just one of the, one of my favorite edits to do just because the, the energy's there and the excitement throughout the whole video. I mean, it's, it's a close second between that and we, uh, we, had a pretty epic day. Well, I shouldn't say it, it wasn't a pretty epic weekend as far as putting two fifties in the boat over in the Green Bay area. That was that was a fun one to edit since Jake got a fifty two and then on a Friday and then later that weekend I got a fifty. So we were pretty pretty excited about that. It's always good to put fifties in the boat. It is. It's a good feeling. It's what you it's what we <laughs> it's what we work for. 
Exactly. What's let's talk about like the future and I mean obviously everybody would dream and love to be a YouTuber or make money in the outdoors. Do you guys currently have any sponsors or do you have any plans to try to transition out of your full-time jobs into this or is this something that you guys are like, well, it's just going to be a hobby if we can make a little money on the side, that's fine. We're pretty much content to just I don't want to call you weekend warriors, but essentially that's kind of what you are with full-time jobs. I, I know, I know the drill. That's essentially what I am. Are you, you know, is that, is that the, something that you guys are content doing or are you looking to try to take this to another level? I, I think, I mean, from my perspective and I think the rest of us, you know, it'd be an ultimate goal to try to do this full-time or, you know, in the, in the outdoor world. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a tough hill to climb, which I mean, everything, you know, to be, it always takes hard work that you want to get in life, and we're we're not afraid of hard work, but it's it's tough. I mean, to to do this, you know, working full time, but I mean, the end goal would, you know, especially that was kind of, that's kind of one thing that I always want to do was take this to the next level. And I mean, we're not we're not really. I mean, we work with you know a couple of companies, but true sponsors, you know, we really don't have any. I mean, it's it's that's a realm where starting to explore as far as you know i mean we're we're totally green to this industry i mean we we based i mean we know nothing coming into it really and we're kind of learning as we go and it's it's been a it's been a great experience so far i mean the growth we've experienced has been awesome and the the fan feedback is what basically what we're living off of right now i mean it's you know you, you run into guys in the water or people in the water and you get messages that that's what keeps you going and to see the, I mean, we have accomplished, it basically, I mean, that's what fuels you. And right now, I mean, yeah, as far as trying to take it full time, that's my ultimate goal. And, uh, you know, in addition to, I mean, future things for Burn and Ace, I mean, obviously keep the videos long is what, I mean, is, is the main part of our plan, but also still working on a parallel line, which I've told fans for almost, I mean, the last year and a half, probably that apparel is coming from Burning Ace because I mean, we get it all the time as far as people wondering where they could get a shirt or a sweatshirt or whatever. And that's kind of what, you know, one of the future plans that I'm still working on and hopefully launching very in the very near future. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll keep pursuing it. I mean, we'll see, I guess, how much farther we can take it. And I, I don't, I don't want to stop now. I mean, it's too much fun and it's basically mixing two passions with one i mean passion for me is musky fishing and also filming and editing so since you mentioned the editing and the, and the hard work i think one thing guys don't realize is they see a video and they don't realize what went in what went into the video the, how much time it took to shoot the video how much time it took to edit the video and sometimes when i talk about how much time it shoots takes to shoot a video how many times like you talking to the camera a lot you know vlog style how many times you got how many times do you have to shoot that stuff in order to make it come out the way you wanted it to <laughs> jacob probably if he's listening right now he's, he'd probably be laughing because there's i mean yeah it looks like we do it in one take but it's it's so it's far from that i mean obviously the musky stuff like when you catch a fish you know net it that's all real i mean that's a lot as it happens but the interviews the you know the segue or the intros exits segues i mean there's I can honestly say there's there's multiple intros that I've filmed probably five, eight times, you know, minimum just to get it right or you, you screw up your words or, I mean, it's, it definitely, it doesn't come easy. And, you know, 
you talk about time spent as far as it's not it just doesn't all it doesn't all go together in the snap of the fingers that's for sure no that's a fact and if we were talking off air a little bit about how many shoots it takes and whatever and i was telling you like if i pull a fish out of the net usually i can bang that out you know real quick talk about how big it is what bait we got it on put that back in it's when i when it's just me in the camera yep. just staring at me that's when I have the most difficult time. Like I can literally try to shoot 30 seconds of film and I got to run for four minutes because I went, I, I just couldn't get it down straight every single time. Like we shoot some YouTube videos, we shoot some tip stuff. And usually if I do question answer type thing, like Steve and I do that a lot, we can bang those out real easy and they go well. But when it's just me and the camera, nobody else, nobody interact, I don't know what it is about it, but it's a lot more difficult than what it really should be. Totally agree. I it's it's I have that same experience, which is weird because you would think you know I've had people say to me you know you kind of laugh and you joke around because you you tell people about that and they say well you're not standing in front of a crowd it can't be that hard but there's something about a camera lens staring back at you that even though it's just you and the camera I don't know if it's I mean it's it's not a, I mean it can't be intimidating anymore because I mean the amount of times that we've all done it but it's just there's something different when you turn that when you have a camera staring you back in the face and it's just one-on-one -on -one. so yeah it's not easy but it's all part of the part of the game right i i definitely think that uh just off the cuff when you when somebody says hey why don't you talk about this i usually stumble then if somebody says okay why don't you do this well i'm way way better if you just don't tell me, just tell me like some bullet points. And once those bullet points are there, I can, I can strike. You know what I mean? Sure. But yeah. when you're really, really trying to say a, a direct point or something that's, you know, really relevant, a bullet point gets me going better than anything. I can always just spout it out there real quick. Like if I don't have a certain word or a certain thing that needs to be said, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Totally. Which maybe maybe that's why I'm better when I pull them out of the net because I just kind of have a bullet point of what I need to do. But when I'm looking at the camera, I kind of have it, I kind of have the sentence and everything in my head already how I want it to go down. And maybe that's why I have more issues with it because I mean when I when yeah I, you know when I'm shooting on the water and you know like I said we just pull the fish out of the net that's fine it's never we, we never we never re pull the fish out of the net and, and talk about it. It's always done in one take, but right. if I'm out in the shop and I'm trying to shoot something on the, you know, just, just talking about an intro or outro or whatever, a product video, it takes me way, way longer than it should. Yeah. And I, yeah, I totally know. I mean, I, I, you know, like I said, we worked with two other brothers too. And I mean, I think everybody can attest that, you know, it doesn't happen in the first take except for when you're in the moment. I mean, you're, you're holding up that buck or you're like you said pulling that fish on and i think part of that is adrenaline i mean you know we do it i mean these sports or the rush of it a lot of times and in addition to many other things i mean the chase and whatnot but it's it's different feeling when you have when you have a fish in the net and you might not think you know even if it's a 35 you know a, a 30 inch fish but there's still something that transpired that brings out the natural just talk hold the fish up and you're good to go so well you talked about the adrenaline of it and I guess the thrill, the chase or the whatever, but have you found that by filming it, has it added to the experience or has it maybe made it more job-like, I guess I would say. Like for me, I was talking on a previous podcast, like this year 
for whatever reason, I I don't know if it's maybe just my transition, my, my transition on musky fishing and I'm getting older. And so like, I still get super excited, but I don't like, if I get a follow, I don't get like the same, like almost like shaking type feeling that you would get typically with a follow. And I hadn't gotten that this year. Even when we, even when I have a musky hooked, I'm super excited that it's there, but I'm not like over the top, like my heart's like pounding out of my chest type of a feeling. Do you still get that doing what you're doing? Is that something that maybe if you don't anymore, is it just come with experience or is that something that, you know, because of the filming part of it, maybe it takes away just a little bit about it. And it's more like, all right, great. We accomplished the job versus like the, the thrill of musky fishing. Cause I sometimes wonder which direction mine is and I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, I would say, I mean, obviously, I mean, to me, the, the rush has not, hasn't lessened yet. That's like, I would say, yeah. Has it become more job-like to an extent? Yes. But I mean, you're, you're out there with a goal, number one, to catch fish and to see what, how big a fish you can put in the net. And number two, that is, okay, what can we get for video? And I think it, both of those are always in the back of our minds. But it's, I mean, the rush, to me, I think it's still alive and well. I wouldn't say it, it, it exaggerates it, but it, it brings it to a little bit different level because you know it's like, number one, he just hooked an awesome fish, put it in the net, and you're jacked about that. But number two, you're like, that boat side, that, that fish ate right in front of that camera. And that's like what you've been doing it for. I mean, to capture that and to watch it back. And now, you know, that was our thing when we started, just to capture it and watch it back, see when it all happened. Now we get to share it with our fans and viewers, and that's that's a great feeling as far as how that goes. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. Like I said, for me, it's just a, I, like I said, it's just a, it's different for me to explain it. Like when I first got one, you'd get, like you'd have the musky and you'd almost be like, like shaking, you know, like you're that you're that jacked up yep, yep. and i'm still super excited about it yep. i'm not i mean nothing that you see on film is ever faked but i'm just not to that i'm not i'm not to that point anymore where that like i'm shaking over catching a muskie anymore it, it could be 45 and it, you know that's a super nice fish i'm ecstatic to catch it yep but i'm not like i don't i don't shake like i used to or tremble like you used to or like it's just a different feeling. Maybe it's a more calm and control feeling. You like you've been there before. Not so much like every ex, every experience in musky fishing is new anymore. I actually get more nervous when I'm fishing with my daughter because I want her to catch one so bad. And I think to a tangent off that too is like we always kind of in the back of our minds kept the thought that we never wanted the filming aspect to really get in the way of fishing. I mean, you know, chasing muskies is I mean it's a passion, and we didn't we wanted to find the best way to film and fish effectively at the same time and i mean we put a lot of extra time in you know figuring out our setups and as far as you know how things are how things are powered and whatnot and it took us some time to figure out a lot of it and a ton of research and i mean even as far as just ruining cameras i mean we've gone through a number of them trying to figure it out but we've we've kind of hit the point where it's like yeah it takes more work to film a ton more work to film this stuff but it's not getting in the way of our passion of chasing muskies. So, yeah, I would agree with that. The one thing I think that everyone thinks they're going to do is they're going to start a YouTube channel and they're going to make it big right away. And they're going to put out one video and all of a sudden they're going to get thousands of views and everything. And then the subscribers are going to follow. Like one thing I'm sure you guys know, I mean, you got helped along a little bit by bullet hit boat, but you guys have been at it for a while and you, you know, you've, you, you hit 10,000 subscribers, which is a, 
that's a great milestone. There's a ton of channels that will never even dream of getting 10,000 subscribers. But you guys, you you understand how much work you need to put into it and how how much it, I don't want to say like takes away from your life, but how much how much time and effort do you put into like editing it? I mean, let's talk about that for a minute. That's something that got, a lot of guys don't realize. Like, oh, I can film YouTube. Yeah, that's great. You know, but think about how much extra time goes into that. Like, how long does it take you to put out a typical video? Yeah, um, I mean, basically, you know, like a lot of the prep work, I guess, you know, to start there, just like people don't necessarily see like, you know, Jake or I or Joe and Sam, all these, you know, all the guys that we work with, like taking the time to set up the cameras and, you know, if you're up an extra, you know, 45 minutes earlier than most people would be to get stuff set ready and then at the end of the day you're out another 45 minutes or whatever cleaning up stuff putting, and then you got the transfer in the footage which is i mean that takes a lot of time for me but to, just to go through all of it figure out what you want to pull and you know not accidentally delete some or not save the crucial footage i mean it's all i mean it all takes time and as far as you know from the once the footage tra- is, is transferred and saved on the external hard drives it's Usually, to, for me, you know, I would say, say a, an episode where we were an outing where we got two fish. I would say for me to edit that, you know, put music to it and everything is probably 20 to 24 hours that I edit for. I mean, that's, a, that's like just like a basic video. Whereas, you know, say like we had a weekend where we got four or five fish or something like that, that would probably be closer to almost 30 hours of just like strictly just sit down at the computer editing for me and I might be it might take longer than I mean some people think it should but that's how I work I mean it's it takes I, I mean that that's including like picking out music figuring out different cuts and making it all mesh I mean it's very time consuming and I would say like music is a big thing for me like which which song do I need right now or where do I find this one or where and it all it all adds up to to a lot of time going into a final product but I mean, it, I truly enjoy it, and that's that's the key. So telling the story is fun for me. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with you on that. The editing time is, I mean, quite daunting sometimes, especially because for me, some of you know, when we would just do a pretty cut and dry, just a regular informa- informational video, those I can do pretty easily. But when you want to do zoom ins and slow motion and all that kind of stuff, and like you said, put music to it, music is always a struggle for me too. It's it all takes a lot more time than what guys really realize, and when you're starting, I mean, even if you even if you you know we talked about it a little bit before we started recording. There's still not even though you have ten thousand subscribers and all these views, there's still not a ton of money pouring in from YouTube ad revenue. No, no, it's a it's a tough game. I mean, you you know we we do it because we basically love it and enjoy it right now, and it's just fun to bring it to the fans and viewers because of the feedback that we get from them and hopefully we're providing good entertainment for them that that gets them excited to pursue the sport more and we i mean we always want to see that and that is one of the coolest things is to see you know convey the rush that you get or the why you do it and that was a big thing for us to just show people why we why we love musky fishing and the yeah it's it's a it's a tough sport it's a extremely tough sport but it's still rewarding at the same time when you finally accomplish, you know, the big fish or even not, you could go all day and get one fish and 
that's it's just such a rewarding feeling. And we want to convey that and at the same time, hopefully provide some helpful tips, tips just to uh, see people rolling and hopefully pass on some of the knowledge that we've learned just from being on the water. The editing, I, well, what I was going to say is I was going to back up a little bit. The editing process for me back when uh, I was doing different videos, that's that's when it really, truly comes together. And I mean, there's countless, countless hours. And, you know, one of the things that you guys, now that you're doing some of this, and I, when I was doing it years ago, it was all on mini DV tape. And so yep. I was running three to four static cameras as well as a, a big camera for when somebody got a fish, somebody grabbed the camera. Yep. And, um, you know, if I fished, say, over a two, three-day period, I might have, say, 50 to 60 hours in those three days times however many cameras were rolling at that time. Right. And, you know, back then I would time code things and I'd go, okay, this tape needs to be changed. I've got this time coded here. I'm, I'm writing things down. We were running an underwater camera. We had, uh, I believe that I was able to get the very first uh, figure eight strike underwater. It was nice. kind of a cool deal. It was something that I really wanted to try to accomplish and we got it done. That's cool. Um, you know, I would sit in front of a TV for about two straight months trying to get prepared for the first musky show of the year being in January for Chicago show to put out this video. But I, I loved it. I mean, and I still love it today. Um, again, I'm doing some filming again this, this whole season. I've been doing some filming. So we're going to put some stuff out on Musky Man Tackle's uh, YouTube channel this winter. Not to your level, probably. But, you know, the neat thing about doing this whole thing is how much time and effort you want to put into it. And the amount of time that you put into it definitely shows at the finished product. And I think that's what makes Burning Eights a little bit more positive, if you will. You guys are definitely putting your time in. I appreciate hearing that. I mean, it's, it's, it's good to, I mean, it's good feedback for us and it's encouraging to, you know, to hear it from others in the industry. So thank you. It, it's solid work, man. You, you, <laughs> I don't care what it is that you do. If you're willing to work hard, you're gonna you're gonna make it. So, and that yeah, that's yeah, and that's that's one of the cool things about all the guys I work with. I mean, in Vernon Eights, is everybody's got a huge drive and a huge pump, and you know they're after they're constantly after the next big fish or next big buck, and that's it's fun one. I mean, there's so many guys out there that are the same way, and like you say, hard work pays off. Whether it's as far as you know, getting the video you want or knocking down the, the next big buck you want. So. You hear that, Brad? He's got hard work and partners. <laughs> Wish I could find one of those around here. <laughs> yeah, I got that. I got you. I got that Steve Jensen guy that barely wants to fish ever, and you know, <laughs> brutal. Then you bring him to a show. You bring those guys to shows, and all they want to do is just hang out and drink beer. Actually, that's not that, that's not true at all. I think I actually probably have one of the hardest hardest working groups around, and I think Brad's probably one of the hardest working co-hosts I could have. I mean, heck, it's Whatever time it is tonight, we've already shot two of these today, so he's right. He's getting after it still, but I like to give him a hard time once in a while. Oh yeah, <laughs> you got you gotta. Well, that's that's part of the fun too, you know. Honestly, if, if in a partnership, you know, 
I'm pretty fortunate, maybe not fortunate. I don't know. Not fortunate. Depends on how you look at it. But, you know, my wife and I run this tackle company. I'm very fortunate that she's just as dedicated as I am, if not more. More. Probably more. <laughs> and, and the reason she is more is uh, when I'm out guiding or I'm just out fishing, you know, video and film and whatever it might be, she's still here cracking the whip and trying to get baits out the door. So that's awesome. You know, there's no doubt that a you know your partners can play a huge factor in the success and and it's good to hear that you guys uh are working together the way you are yeah yeah it's 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 been a it's been a good ride so far so that's also really good that you guys are still having fun doing it because you know sometimes i think sometimes people do things for you know essentially the wrong re- the wrong reasons yep. typically it's fi- financial i think a lot of guys want to be on youtube because they think it's going to financially benefit them and in all likelihood it's probably not it's like podcasting everybody wants to start a podcast because they think it's financially going to benefit them and brad and i can tell you it does not do that but no no i mean realistically it's it's great that you guys find joy in just doing what you're doing because if you didn't it it would be hard i mean if you were out there strictly for financial gain it would be very difficult to want to get out there and get the cameras rolling every single time based off of strictly what you make off of youtube yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's it's a motivation as far as, you know, where could we go in this industry and, hope you know, fingers crossed that, you know, we, we can keep it rolling and maybe take it even to the next level some, you know, someday in the f- near future here. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a mix right now of definitely, like you said, the, just the, just to get out there and have fun and tuck big baits after big fish. So, well, here's the deal. You, you, you'll make it happen. If that's your dream, man, and you've got the the work ethic it'll happen you know what i mean true so yeah don't lose sight of that I, I mean that because no matter what it is that you want to do in this world if you got the work ethic and you got the drive you'll figure out a way to make it happen yep that's a very good point brad i think he just needs to go like emily who we had on last week who ross you wouldn't have heard it yet because we just literally recorded it th- today but she, it was one of those stories and I don't mean to interrupt your podcast and talk about her podcast, but it was a pretty good story about how she just literally quit. She sold her house to try to just get her bills down as low as she could. So she could live off as little as she could to pursue her guide business. And I mean, obviously you're not going to probably do that because, because of the YouTube deal, but it's just, it's one of those stories that I find to be like, sometimes if guys want to make a dream happen, that's literally what they need to do is strip it all down to the bare, you know, to the bare minimums and and make it happen. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not sure, advocating yeah. you, you guys quit your jobs to just pursue burning eights because you can still do it on the, like the, the YouTube thing you can still do as a hobby on the side and see where it goes. Like if you want to be a guide, you really do need to jump in head first in her, like in her situation, but right. in your situation, it's all relative about how much how much work you're willing to put in and how much sacrifice you're willing to do to make your dream come true. Right, and and it all boils down to still. I mean, it's the American entrepreneurship story. I mean, that's what that's what I think. I mean, I've always loved. That's what I always wanted to chase, and and then, you know, a lot of the guys that I'm involved with too. I mean, they get that, and it's 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 what drives America still. So, absolutely. Same thing that Brad and I deal with all the time. I mean, I'm I'm still running Team Rhino Outdoors while I own my own electrical contracting business. So I essentially have to run two businesses on top of taking care of the four kids and making sure my wife isn't too mad because I'm out here podcasting for four hours a night and stuff like that, you know, <laughs> on Sunday. But she's been super supportive of everything we do. 
she, you know, like when she'll be like, Hey, do you have your, do you have your YouTube video edited this week? Do you have your podcast edited this week? And that kind of stuff. Cause much like you, I mean, the podcast editing takes a while. It's not as long as uh, when I do a YouTube video, but it still isn't, it's, you know, it still doesn't, it doesn't come together in 20 minutes for me. So, right. you know, but again, it's all about pursuing your passion and just the hard work that goes in, into it. And it's good to see that you guys do. I mean, you, you do a great job with the production end of it and you guys do, I mean, it, it shows that you guys are passionate about what you're doing in the outdoors. That's great to hear. Appreciate it. So on the production end of it, let's talk about your process a little bit for editing new, new people. Let's just kind of, we won't get real in depth because it could get way, I mean, the podcast can only be so long. Like tip, typically when I edit, I normally will just like, and, and you guys are running seven cameras. I'm not running seven, but like I said, we're still running a good number, but you know, one thing is trying to keep all your, all your footage and all your files somewhat, I would say like together and organized because you're, you know, I don't know how it is for you, but like my stuff, I, I separate it into folders, but I don't necessarily, maybe don't have all the time set up on my, on my camera. So it doesn't put it in like chronological order. So I need to sort of go through each clip a little bit to see like what I'm going to use here and what I'm going to use there. And I typically lay all my clips down first. And then I start, like, I kind of go through the process like multiple times over when I'm putting a video out. So I'll lay all the clips down, be like, okay, how does that look? And I'll be like, okay, so we want to, then I, then I go through again and I'll slow motion it. And then I'll go through again and I'll fine tune a few things, maybe zoom in here and add a little bit there. And then I'll end up going through it another time and then I'll put some music on it. So I, I, I kind of go through multiple layers, multiple times. How do you, how do you go about doing it? And then the other question I have is on your editing process, how did you learn how to edit? Because for me, I'm all self-taught. It's all YouTube. I'm an electrician and I sell fishing lures. So there's nothing in any of my background that had anything to do with me working on a computer doing any type of video editing. And I mean, it's the same thing with podcast editing. I didn't know how to edit a podcast three months ago, but I learned real quick on YouTube. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, just to answer that, that first question or that the second question you had, I'll answer it first just to start there but basically so that yeah i'm all self-taught same thing i mean i i went to school for business and economics for as far as college but um i mean it was all basically i've been learning since i was 18 and i i use vegas pro just to edit so that's i mean that's what i grew up on and that was i mean a lot of honestly it's a a lot of youtube videos i mean when you don't know how to do something you can look it up and figure it out and that's what I mean, a lot of it's trial and error. You kind of, you, you learn what works or how to do this or shortcuts here and there. But that was, I mean, that was big for me was you got to figure out how to do, especially the the more detailed or you know, a little bit more difficult stuff is where YouTube came in, in handy. But then as far as the, the process, as far as editing goes in production, I mean, like I said, I mentioned transferring footage. So you get done the end of the day, you know, you got hours of transferring footage to, to make it all come together. But I, the key is organizing, especially with like seven cameras is organizing. I mean, that's where it all starts. And, uh, for me, it's, it's folder by folder is I usually, I, I log it by fish or, you know, like say Jake gets a 39, Joe gets a 32, whatever they get folders like that. And then each, each of those folders has the seven different views that I want to pull from. And, from there, I mean, you got B-roll, you got from our big camera, from our big Sony professional camcorder, which is basically an, an eighth camera angle once that gets pulled out when the fish is in the boat. So, I mean, that all, 
there's all subfolders for all that. And then it's organizing it into the editing program. So, I mean, you, I spend hours putting them into folders so I know where to pull each clip from. And for me, it really starts, honestly, like I'll start the intro, like what we're doing. I mean, what we're doing for that week, I'll start that intro about what I talked about and build the story from there. So I know, I know how the story went or how the day went, but now I, I'm, I'm, I work chronologically basically. So I start with the intro and then from there, it's basically go pick music for me. So I know like what I kind of, I kind of have something in my head as far as like how I want the music to sound with this intro or, you know, the, the feeling that you have in the beginning of the video. And then piece that together chronologically as the, I mean, video progresses basically. So it's, then it's, the big thing is putting all the, the multiple angles together, which is, I mean, that's time consuming. And then piecing in the right music afterwards. So, I mean, you pick it initially, you pick a song. I mean, some of these, some of these uh, videos I'm making have four to five songs in them just to, you know, change things up or, you want a different feeling as you're watching the video. So, I mean, that's where, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of time is really consumed is, is picking music. It's, uh, from there, it's basically putting the, fi the finishing touches on. Like I say, once I got it chronologically placed, you know, from how the trip started to how it ended, and then it's kind of refining, making sure I didn't miss anything. I mean, that's like one of the biggest things too, is going over, making sure you didn't miss a clip or, you know, something's, out of order or something doesn't match and then I usually about the, the second to last thing i do is basically i guess you call it brushing up the audio i mean making sure everything sounds right and then it goes to putting in you know like sharpening the picture making sure it's all clear you know add a little bit more contrast here them. and i don't do i mean we don't i don't do much for as far as color correction or anything like that just because i don't necessarily have the time but the last final video effects just to make sure everything's all clear and everything. And usually I watch it one more time, even if it's at like one, two in the morning or whatever, just to make sure I didn't miss anything. And then it goes to the, goes to render and wake up in the morning, upload it to YouTube and schedule to be released at 4 PM on Thursdays. Usually how the production goes. So. Are you putting out a, a new video every Thursday then? I mean, how about in the winter? I mean, are you trying to um, put together some footage that's, you know, sitting in your bank or, or whatever and, and using that to fulfill, I know you want to do 52 weeks or whatever, 52 episodes. That. We try, we try to do weekly. Um, it was when we first started, it was a little bit easier because I mean, this was back like say February or uh, April of 2017. When we first started, I had a backlog of videos um, from 2016 that I was able to release regularly for about the first year. And then between work and, just filming. I mean, we started taking longer trips over to Minnesota, which takes a lot more out of your weekend, and you know you're getting back later and whatnot. So we we scaled back as far as how many we're releasing. We, we I wish I could do one per week still, but um, it's just it's a lot of work, and basically I'll sacrifice you know missing a week just so I I got the video exactly how I want it, and you know it might mean you you only get a video every two weeks, but we have I usually always have a backlog of videos. So like right now. I mean, for me to keep up, it, it just doesn't really happen. So I have basically 12 videos lined up for from musky season yet that are set to be released. And we'll kind of 
space them out through the winter is kind of the plan and just to keep people's appetite wet for muskies and just to keep them entertained i mean then if we do get some bow hunts and rifle hunts we'll we'll, we'll throw them in a couple uh a few ice fishing episodes too i mean so we try to do it all and uh then it's kind of nice just to space the space the muskie videos out through the the winter i mean you can tell i mean people don't necessarily you lose a little bit of i think the the musky theme throughout the winter it's still there i mean people you, you can tell people enjoy and they can't wait for the next season and that's it's fun to watch you know, you know release certain videos throughout the year knowing that you know hopefully gets people excited for the next season yeah i think that's something that a lot of guys are doing all winter long you know that those cold days where they're dreaming about fishing they can actually watch it on youtube so it's, yep. it's a cool cool little deal i mean that's one of my favorite times of the year still it was when i was growing up i mean you had you know Keys Outdoors, Joe Booker, Muskie Hunter, all those I would watch, you know, what is it, basically January to March, and that's what keeps you, I mean, it gets you jacked up for the next season, and that's kind of like part of, you know, what I, what I, you can do for people still, and that's, it's a good feeling. Hopefully it gets people excited, so. Well, another, another way to stay jacked is going to the shows. Is that something that you do, Ross? Do you go to any of the Muskie shows? Yeah, we we do well. Since we're from Central Wisconsin, we usually, I mean, for sure, hit the the Wausau one. I mean, it, we were set. We were going to go to Minnesota this year, but we had one well, that pretty big snowstorm came through. I think so. We didn't make it to that one. I also go to the Milwaukee one too. So we we get around a few of them. I mean, ideally, we would start going to more. Maybe someday. I mean, we've we've talked about it as a group. Hopefully, one of these years, we got a booth, and uh, we can go that route it's always it's fun just to, I, I, it's one of my favorite times of the year i mean you get to talk with so many people you know talk with the vendors and just get you get you ready for another year for sure i was going to ask you about the booth whether or not you guys ever thought about just setting up at a booth and just that way you could play some of your videos and let let fans come in and talk to you because like i said i mean that's a great place to meet guys and i wasn't sure if that would be ever something that you guys would consider Definitely in the plans, and I mean it's 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 pretty humbling right now. Just even just going to the shows and people walk up to you, and I mean it's, we we've never we never wanted to do it for notoriety or anything like that. I mean we were, I mean we're just a couple guys or a few guys that fish and hunt, and we kick out some videos and hopefully enjoy them basically. But now it's become like people walk up to you and thank you, and I mean we truly appreciate that. And it's like I said, it's it's humbling, and we truly truly appreciate the people that watch and are active in the burn and community. So it, it means a lot to us. So Ross, with your YouTube channel, you guys have experienced a lot of success and for good reason. It's a lot of hard work. If you could, if somebody, you know, if you could go back in time and somebody could tell you, you, you know, kind of give you some advice to get you started or wish something that you knew back then when you first started, could you give a listener who's looking to make a, a YouTube channel or even just start filming their catches just for their own enjoyment? Is there some, you know, some tip or some information you could give them to help them kind of maybe shorten the learning curve? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a few things that I'd probably touch on, but one of the first things, obviously, I mean, we've hit on it a lot, but if, if, if you truly, I mean, to, to be, you know, to, to rack subscribers and to rack views, which I mean, still, you know, you know, on YouTube, we're a pinprick. I mean, as far as what's, you know, the possibilities and how many subscribers are out there for all these channels but i mean you know start 
this start is basically one of the biggest things that we did. And, you know, that's a lot of times with even businesses. I mean, in, in any industry, it's just to start and get rolling and provide like quality content is kind of what we we wanted to focus on and keep it professional. I mean, not, not so much professional to the point like where you're robots, but professional as far as, I mean, we tried to, I mean, the thing about it is like musky fishing. I mean, yeah, there's certain things that happen as far as, you know, things that come out of your mouth or whatever. It's, it's, it's natural. I mean, you get, you get scared boat side and whatnot, but one of the key focuses from a burning a standpoint was keep it professional, you know, watch, watch what we're saying and make it for all ages. I mean, you know, from five-year-old kids to whatever, whatever it may be, you know, 65 plus that can watch it and enjoy it. I think the the biggest thing, if you really truly want to grow, which is what I've learned, you know, in order to grow YouTube channels, be consistent as far as your uploads, and that's the one the one thing that I mean, it showed starting out for us. Consistent uploads are are key, and you know, you can do it just starting out you know, releasing every so often, but the more you, the more consistent you release, the better you're going to grow. And you, you mesh that with a quality product that you take some time as far as, you know, editing or filming, you know, it all, it all comes together for, you know, a nice solid YouTube channel. But I don't, the biggest thing is just to start if you truly want to do it. And I think, you know, it's, it's going to take hard work, but it's, it's all part of, part of the, Part of the fun, I think. I mean, just to see, even if, like you said, it's just for fun, just to throw clips up on YouTube, and you'd be surprised what you can get in a year, as far as or a season, I should say, as far as cool things, as far as how muskies work, and the things that you're gonna learn by watching film back. Even you know, as far as, I mean, I watched myself a number of times doing figure eights, and I still can't get it right. When I, you know, I've been doing it for years, and a big muskie comes up to the boat, and I still, I still botch it. But I, I can watch the footage back now and be, you know, it's, it's kind of a learning experience for us, too. And I thought, I thought you were supposed to be burning AIDS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not burning fish. Right? <laughs> that, that's happening more often than not. Uh, yeah, that happens to all of well, us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a, it's a fun game, though. I mean, YouTube is a, it's a very interesting world. It's, you know, we've experienced going viral, and that was something that I never truly knew what it meant until it happened. and. You know, there's there's a lot of people. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna have people that are you know keyboard warriors that sit behind the screen and don't necessarily talk so nice or talk as nice as they should and brush it off because I mean, if you I don't know it's it's a tough it's a tough it can be tough at times because you get those comments or whatever. But that's uh if you got a plan and you know and you feel confident in what you're releasing, I mean it it'll come together. So. That's good that you mentioned the uh, the comments because that's one of those things that, like you said, you just got to brush it off. It's just we we get them too, and I don't get nearly as many comments as you get. And you know, we get people that don't like our stuff or say they don't like our stuff. But yep, I I really I don't take I don't take much light on it. Normally, I just say, hey, thanks for the comment. Have a good day. Or, good luck fishing. You know, right? Just because you're gonna get that. Some people just some people are just miserable people, and they just don't like like people to have success or succeed or see any, you know, any of that. So this, they're trying to drag you down. Yeah. That's a good thing. You guys don't let them bother. Yeah. It, it's tough at first. I mean, it was, I, I've, I've kind of been, I mean, a lot of things in life. I mean, I've, I don't know. I take personal sometimes, 
But I think one thing that YouTube has shown is don't take it personal. I mean, there's certain things, yeah, obviously, but there's so many things that are not worth your time. You know what I mean? As far as you just, you know what the majority of people are saying and you know that you're, you know, you're working as hard as you can to put on a quality product and you just got to roll with it because, and then, like you said, just let those other comments roll off your back. The funny part here, Jeff, is that it's me that's writing those comments and I wasn't sure <laughs> you'd react. <laughs> oh, now you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, are you are you the are you the same guy that thumbs down every one of my videos too? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got you got one of them too. It was fu- it was funny because we put out a video, and in short order we had like I don't know like three or four thumbs downs or whatever. Mm-hmm. One of my buddies he sends me a picture. He's like, well, "What's with the thumbs down?" I said, "Well, apparently not everybody likes Team Rhino Outdoors, so I guess you're gonna have that." Yep, you will. I don't want to give the secrets away, but bad engagement on YouTube is still engagement on YouTube. So it's. Like, they're still actually helping the channel by giving me a thumbs down. They'd be better off if they didn't give me a thumbs down because then YouTube takes it as, like, YouTube likes it when they have engagement, whether it be good or bad. And you, I'm sure you know that. Right. But right. Them, by them giving me a thumbs down, it's actually not bad. They're actually helping my video. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's, like I said, social media is, I mean, that's, it's basically a social media platform, but it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting world. <laughs> Absolutely. But I mean, like you said, you put yourself out there, it happens. You got to take the good with the bad. On the plus side, you know, you have a a whole archive of a lot of cool footage of your fishing trips too. You know, like I was just looking back on some of the stuff, like we had a giant fish eat Steve boat side and you were talking about, you can see how, you know, what happened with the fish. Well, it all happened so fast that we, none of us thought that the fish had ever had the bait in its mouth. Well, it turns out the fish had the whole bait in its mouth. And we got to see, like, we didn't, you know, had we not been running a camera, it would have been uh, like a blip on the radar screen, essentially. Right. But when we when we could run the video in slow motion and check out the, how big the fish was and see everything that went on, it it was worth it alone just for us to be doing that, just for our own personal benefit and not necessarily putting it out on YouTube. Yep. And that's why, I mean, I, I would, you know, if guys want to take the time, I would encourage people to film. I mean, you know, we... It's one thing, uh, I mean, we try not to, obviously, there's certain spots that, I mean, I don't know, we don't, we don't, we don't talk about where we fish much unless it's, I mean, that's, that's just, we don't feel that's necessary. I mean, it's northern Wisconsin, it's, you know, Green Bay, whatever it is, but just to watch back and learn is a good reason to start filming. And I think people would enjoy, I mean, if you, if you do, you know, do truly want to take, like I said, a little bit extra time just to set up a camera you're going to you're going to enjoy watching it back. So, well guys, I think we had another good episode. Ross, why don't you talk a little bit about Burton and Eights, where people can find you, what social media outlets you're on, whether or not you guys have a website. Sure. Yeah. Um, I guess uh you know, well, just for from my standpoint too, just to close out here as far as one thing I want to touch on is just to uh, you know, big thank you out to the fans and the viewers, if, you know, if any of you guys are listening out there. Truly appreciate like I said earlier, we truly appreciate you following us and watching our videos i mean it it makes the uh the long hours editing and everything worth it and it's hopefully we're we're giving you some helpful tips as far as musky fishing and some good entertainment so but either way gotta give a, a thank you big thank you to our fans and a big you know big shout out to all the guys involved with their nice you know joe jake alex sam they're all crucial crucial parts to making this this all come together and if it wasn't for them i mean burning eights one it wouldn't be what it is. But other than that, I mean, 
far as finding us, YouTube channel, Vernon Nates, social media as far as uh, Instagram and Facebook. We got a Facebook page for Vernon Nates, and then Instagram, as I mentioned earlier, is at Vernon Nates. So you can, uh, yeah, I mean, reach out to us on any of those platforms, and we'll try to get back to you. I mean, usually, usually respond back to uh, any messages or comments as as much as I can. So, so don't be afraid to reach out if you got questions. And Brad, why don't you talk a little bit about Musky Mayhem Tackle before we get the rock out of here? Yeah, Musky Mayhem Tackle. Um, you can reach us at muskymayhemtackle.com. You can email us right through the website there. Or you can uh, check us out on Facebook as well as Instagram. Love to see some pictures of fishes, fish that you've caught and so on and so forth. So reach out to us. All right. And check out Backlash Podcast wherever you just listen to it now. Check it out. Also, if you want to check it out on different platforms, go to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, Overcast, uh, TuneIn Radio. I think that's all of them. If you want to email us, backlashpodcast at gmail.com. Brad always likes to get emails, even though he probably doesn't hardly know how to use an emailer or email <laughs> itself. I bet you Carrie a lot better chance that she's going to get that. Uh, so if you want to check that out. And then Team Rhino Outdoors, custom colors and a lot of standard colors now. We sell most of the major manufacturers in the musky world. So any of the gear talked about here, aside from like filming gear, if you want fishing lures or musky baits, you can check us out. TeamRhinoOutdoors.com is the website. You can also check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and check out our YouTube channel. When you're when you're subscribing to Burn and Aids, then go check out our YouTube channel too. <laughs> there you go. Thank you guys both for coming out tonight. As always, Brad, thanks for being the co-host. Ross, thanks for coming out and talking a little bit a little bit about burning eights. I hope you guys have a great rest of your musky season, even though it sounds like it's kind of short, and that you guys shoot a couple of deer this fall. Yeah, well, well I appreciate uh, appreciate you guys having me on. It, it was uh, it was a fun time to do some talking, and it's and we'll uh, hopefully talk soon. So really good to visit, Ross. I'll see you in Wausau. Yeah, for sure. And uh, hopefully you guys have a good rest of the musky season coming up here too. So. Have a good night. Yep, you too. Take care, Ross.